Welcome to Day Zero Update for October 3rd, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Logi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Victorio. And yeah, we've got a pretty decent week here of news to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. Some TGS stuff. Uh, yep. Some other things that have happened. A couple of ac- acquisitions. Uh, two companies that used to work together dealing with uh, the idea of uh, let's say employment harassment, employee harassment issues mm-hmm. in the opposite ways. Yeah. One is actually doing a good thing and the other is having to pay for the bullshit. Yeah. Uh, we got some uh, decent amount of stuff. We'll have your October lineups for PlayStation Plus and Games with Gold, mm-hmm. uh, as well as a few other things. So before we get to that, we'll be talking about what we've been playing. I will kick it off here. Uh, the first thing, I've been playing some Sable. Uh, that is the new game on the uh, Xbox and PC. It's on Game mm-hmm. Pass. Uh, if you want to check that out. I think it's also on Steam as well. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's kind of a an exploration adventure kind of game. Yeah. Uh, I played through like the initial uh, part of it before you kind of get let out into the open world itself as you're kind of part of this nomadic tribe of people that are, uh, I don't know what the ultimate goal is, but you're essentially going around doing uh, quests for people and you're kind of coming of age to be able to go out and do your thing mm. as uh, your your camp is kind of doing that, uh, mm. running you through the things you need, which involves getting your glider, Sort of lets you uh, get around good distances, uh, sort of like the Breath of the Wild sort of glider there, uh, but this is more of a bubble mm-hmm. that you kind of encapsulate around yourself that lets you get a pretty good distance on your jumps uh, if you choose to do so for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also get a bike that's pretty nice. Uh, the world, as far as I've seen so far, is very much desert uh, kind of thing. Uh, you see that there's kind of a maybe some sort of post-apocalypse kind of thing that's been going on. Mm-hmm. As you kind of build out of your ship, you kind of take parts from other ships that have uh, wrecked in the area. Yeah. That kind of thing uh, for your pieces. Uh, as well as some just other structures and you can tell like, oh, this used to be something more elaborate or whatever mm-hmm. uh, that you need to do. So uh, There's some neat stuff there. Uh, as far as I've seen, it doesn't seem like there's any sort of fall damage. That's pretty nice. Uh, mm-hmm. You can just pull out your, your little bubble at any point and save yourself on that. Uh, uh, the issues I've had is more visual. I'm playing on Xbox Series S, and I think the the resolution on that is pretty bad mm-hmm. on there because uh, it's very much aliasing a lot and the way that the the art style works is very much kind of a lot of cell shading mm-hmm. and the initial area you're in has a lot of uh neat design on the uh the sort of walls around which are kind of like the, the way like the grand canyon looks like the uh the streaks of you know different materials kind of going there but you get a lot of lines for the outlines for them and as you're moving uh Subtly, it's like the, the aliasing on that is just kind of 
moving in such a way that it's kind of flickering a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was kind of just a little bit like it was kind of starting to give me a headache. Uh, mm. Not a and not very fun one. So I'm thinking I'm going to end up just continuing that on PC and hoping that mm. that's going to be a much better uh, place for that. Mm-hmm. Even though that I just have a 1080p monitor, but it should be able to run it much better and more stably. There's there are a few little hiccups in terms of frame rate, but nothing too big there. Uh, the other kind of notable thing is that the animation of your character is kind of at like a half frame rate. Uh, if the game's running at 60, the character is running at like 30, kind of skipping frames almost uh, in a way that uh, gives it a really striking kind of style and look to it. That is uh, pretty impressive for this game. It looks looks really nice. Uh, the, the environment's kind of changed in interesting ways, at least the way that they kind of colored in. Every time where the color kind of goes mute in certain areas, that kind of stuff. Uh, it kind of gives it a really kind of striking look, and I'm looking forward to getting to uh, the bigger open world and exploring some more areas, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, and it seems like at least some of the music uh, or some of the soundtrack is done by Japanese Breakfast, I think it's yeah. the name here. Uh, and yeah, the, the song they had on that... Uh, Jeff Keeley show uh, during the summer uh, that uh, she did is the one that you get when you get the late title card, essentially for the mm-hmm. game. So uh, look forward to put some more time into it. Uh, probably will just be playing it on, or just move over to PC instead of playing it on my Xbox. So uh, that's the unfortunate side, but uh, look forward to put some more time into that. Uh, let's see. I did a stream the other day for Away, the survival series. Mm-hmm. Which is a neat game that is kind of a kind of like a playable nature documentary, mm-hmm. uh, though about a world where it seems like climate change has uh, gotten rid of all humans. Yeah, uh, and there are these like select islands that have life on them, and so you're kind of one of the creatures that is on there uh, as mm-hmm. a sugar glider. Yeah. Uh, so with uh, the controls for that, you kind of got like a jump, uh, a pretty good jump. There, as well as the ability to glide. Uh, you got some attack moves, as well as like dodge stuff. There's a couple times where you run into fights with like snakes that are conveniently just hanging out in the like doorway to another area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of have to dodge out of the way when they strike at you. Uh, and when they're available for attacks, you kind of leap at them mm-hmm. to attack, that kind of stuff. Uh, along the way, you kind of want to, you know, either kill smaller animals to eat to fill up your sort of uh, health and stamina and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nothing really too simulation-y outside of that. Uh, But along the way, I've found a few like hologram uh, audio logs that uh, give you a little bit of glimpse into maybe the human side of what's been going on. Uh, As uh, you see remnants of humans sort of trying to make something work. Here on the island, there's like a crash helicopter, uh, like a science lab. I was in for one of them. There's like a monorail sort of thing mm. going along. So you're kind of uh, able to find some of these uh, around those sort of areas. Uh, but yeah, the 
the game has been pretty good. Uh, there are definitely some rough spots. I've found like the there's a narrator that goes on talking about the sugar glider and the, the stuff you're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. But in contrast to the way that most games would do it, you know, if you run into another area where another uh, line would trigger, uh, I would usually cut off the last one here. They just go at the same time. Uh, so a lot of confusing bits where I'm like, wait, why is this still playing the other one? And it makes me not want to, you know, keep moving ahead, making progress if the the dude is still talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are also some rather tough sequences where uh, one in particular was uh, a sequence where you're on this tree that you've been chased up by this big ass spider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you need to sort of glide down uh, under these sort of rock structures, overpass kind of thing. As you're trying to land on this log in a river that is uh, heading towards a waterfall, and it's pretty tough to hit it. Uh, I maybe did like one out of every two or three times. Uh, maybe I could have done. There's a way of jumping that you can kind of lock on, uh, holding L2 and hitting X to jump on uh, nearby uh, spaces to kind of make that stuff a little easier. Maybe I could have done that mid-flight, but it was kind of just a a sequence is kind of very kind of chaotic in a way that uh, did not make that stuff seem all that uh, super doable while I was trying to manage other things. Uh, But you have to do that once and then uh, you land on this log and you have to jump over to another that is going down this waterfall so that you can do it again through this other series of uh, overpasses as you try to land on this uh, this stretch of uh, land ahead uh, at the end of this river. Mm-hmm. kind of thing so that was kind of a, a tough stretch to get right and there was just other times uh there was one where you're in this sort of uh big hole and you know something happens and it starts filling up with water and it took a few times to get up uh through it uh through these platforming challenges because it's uh just a couple times where you're not 100 percent sure where you're going it's can be easy to kind of lose sight of that or you just make jumps that occasionally just don't work super well. Mm. Uh, that kind of stuff. So there's a lot more kind of uh, error and trial trial and error kind of stuff mm-hmm. than I was uh, expecting. So uh, nothing really too bad. It was just kind of some more frustration that I was hoping to have with the game. But uh, so far I've been pretty good with that. Uh, look forward to put some more time into that as well. Mm. Uh, let's see. Also been playing some more Rocket League, just working on uh, weekly challenge stuff mm. for that. So kind of just continuing on with that. Uh, and also played a new game that's on Steam called Gas Station Simulator, mm. where you're kind of uh, driving in the middle of the desert as one does. Uh, you happen upon this sort of dilapidated gas station that you kind of decide to buy for some reason. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's for sale. You have the money or whatever. Well, that's originally what you think, and then you get a little deeper into the game, and, well, turns out the situation's a little more, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's it's owned by your grandfather, I think. Uh, you mm-hmm. just never knew about it, but your uncle did, and they contact you in the process of buying this thing and helps you out to afford it. Uh, and it's very much like, oh, I'll help you out uh, getting this all 
built back up and all this and gives you tips and all that kind of stuff, sends you emails uh, for things you need to do. Uh, it seems pretty nice so far because uh, a lot of your early part of the game is just renovating, uh, taking boards off of the doors and windows so you can get inside, mm-hmm. uh, cleaning up trash and all that kind of stuff, at which there's actual dumpsters on the lot that you can uh, throw them in. And to the point it has like leaderboards for how far away you're throwing them in successfully, mm-hmm. uh, kind of weird stuff like that. There's also like a weird RV uh, car track, or not RV, uh, RC car track that you can kind of go and drive around. It didn't seem to control well, at least on mouse and keyboard. But uh, as you're going along, you know, you're buying uh, stuff to upgrade your shop with your station. Uh, You're also, you know, you get this like bobcat you can go around and, uh, you know, dig up sand, big sand piles, try and get rid of that, dump them in another area, because I assume it's going to be like a parking lot there kind of thing. So, And along the way, if you decide to open up your gas station, you have people show up, uh, need some gas, and it's kind of an old-school style gas station pump uh, with the, you know, so it's you operate it, you wait for them to sort of get out of their vehicle, tell you what how much they need, and you try and fill it up as close as you can to whatever whatever the, the amount is. It'll show it on a meter, sort of like your speedometer would in the uh, in your car dashboard. That kind of look. Uh, there's like a like you hold the space button to kind of boost the speed that you're filling it up. Uh, but you're trying to get it as close as you can without going over, because then otherwise you're wasting gas. Uh, but yeah, once your tanks are getting low, you can have to actually call for a uh, a truck to come by and refill your tanks. Uh, same with trash and I assume other stuff as you get further along. And they mention that you'll even get to a point where you can hire help mm. uh, and figure out what to do with them, that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's, it's a pretty nice little game. Uh, a little bit rough around the edges, but I assume they'll keep polishing it and all that. Uh, be the one... Uh, thing I'm not really a huge fan of so far is that there are like random events that happen and the first one I had happen is this kid shows up uh, and starts like spray painting what he thinks are dirty words on the side of your building if you don't like go and throw stuff at him uh, to get him to run away which apparently is the the kid of a uh, construction worker that's working nearby mm. kind of whole weird little thing uh it's like I don't. I would hope that's not a a very common thing to happen because I don't want to be fighting off, you know, dumb kids or whatever. Mm. Uh, I just kind of want to hang out and have a gas station to run. <laughs> I think, but there is a surprising like number of these types of games on Steam right now, and they're all doing really high numbers. I've noticed too. Yeah, uh, when they do things well, they're kind of just nice, chill games to kind of. Uh, relax and do what you uh, what do you need out of them? Yeah. Uh, stuff like American and Euro Truck Simulator, Gas Station Simulator, Power Wash Simulator. Uh, it'd be nice if they didn't all just put Simulator on the other name, just call themselves something more yeah. original. Instead of just making it sound like these are all just uh, boilerplate games that are uh, 
put out there, you know, with minimal work put into them, into them and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that maybe diminishes things a little bit compared to what they, the quality they actually have to them. So, mm-hmm. but that's been pretty much it for me. How about you, Brandon? Uh, well, as for me, I finished Tales of Arise last night. Um, and so, you know, expect my review to be written and finished hopefully before the end of the week. Um, but yeah, I got a lot of thoughts because that game is amazing in ways that I did not expect a JRPG to do. Um, the, the Tales series is famous for constantly like deconstructing a lot of typical uh, JRPG tropes, you know, uh, like Tales of Asperia was very much about player-centric morality. Um, Tales of Symphonia was about the concept of divine prophecy and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and really, it's, it, you, you know, those games by themselves, you know, they're they're good and they really very well deconstruct all those things. But it's still sort of in the context of an overall JRPG story. What Tales of Arise does is it takes its sort of central tenet of like you know, a, you know, oppression and re- and revolution, and it goes way more in depth into the subject than really any game of this caliber has ever done in the past. It talks about not just like you know, obviously there's the whole like ragtag bunch of rebels that fight against the evil empire and everything. But then it goes into like all these different ways how a society that you know a totalitarian sort of might makes right society that you know you're fighting against how it operates how it how it's actually in spite of all of its proclivities is extremely inefficient and ineffective and then it shows like how some leaders will like actually, you know, try to treat the symptom rather than the underlying cause. And then it goes into stuff like, okay, the revolution is over. Now what are you going to do? Because you got to build a better society on top of the ashes. And it even goes into stuff like decolonization and shit. And yeah, it, 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 this game goes way deeper in all those topics than really any JRPG has ever done. Um it also doesn't help that the game is genuinely a lot of fun <laughs> um, and looks amazing. But uh, on top of that, I also finished Chapter 2 of Deltarune, which, um, you know, that was uh, that one was a lot of fun, obviously. I mean, it's a Toby Fox joint, so you kind of know what you're getting into. Um, it also ends on one hell of a cliffhanger. Um, and... God, it's just... So, like, the second chapter largely takes place in, like, a computer-inspired world, and it's loaded with all types of, like, uh, computer and internet-inspired jokes. Um, And it's also got, like, a bunch of different play styles. The boss fight is legit, like, a straight... The final boss fight is legit, like, a straight-up send-up to uh, Super Punch-Out, but it's done in, like, a giant robot, and... Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. <laughs> and of course, it's also legitimately hysterically funny at times, too. Um, because Toby Fox is really good at that. <laughs> um, 
And so uh, with that done, I uh, recently booted up and started playing Eastward today, um, which is a indie game from Pillpix, and it's essentially a it's a RPG adventure game. Sort of takes place like you know a sort of uh, apocalyptic post-apocalyptic world. Humanity's like on the verge of extinction. There's this like nasty miasma slowly covering the world, so everybody's forced underground. Um, and eventually what happens is the guy that you're playing comes across this, uh, young girl who was, uh, asleep inside of a, well, it's like a research facility, and you decide to, uh, break out of the underground shelter and, you know, go eastward, because you can't go westward because that's where the miasma is. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, so far, it, it's really good. The graphics in particular are amazing looking. Um, but I haven't really gotten that far in it to really talk about it that much. But um, other than that, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. So, uh, Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, um, it's been a while since I've been on the show, since so I've been doing a lot of travel and stuff. Um, yep. I uh, was able to roll credits on um, WarioWare. Um, mm-hmm. That was pretty interesting. Um, I know I've talked about it a few shows back with the demo. Um, but yeah, WarioWare is really, really um, nicely polished. Um, I enjoyed, like, most to all the games in there, and there were only a few times where I didn't like them, and the only reason why I didn't like them is because it wasn't really obvious, like, what you were supposed to do in the game. Um, and yeah, I also played a little bit of it on multiplayer, and it was totally a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Last week, before I went to LA, I also uh, had a code and finished Kena Bridge of Spirits, so I will be having my review up on Smashpad soon, and... Um, this was actually my most anticipated game of the year. And that being said, <clears throat> as hyped as I was for it, uh, it was also like one of the most frustrating games of the year, um, primarily because of its difficulty. Like, um, the game was first shown um, during the PlayStation 5 reveal event last year. And mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't even have to say the game is beautiful. You just look at it and you're like, wow, this is totally something else. Um, the folks over at Ember Labs before this, were primarily known for this viral video um, on YouTube that pretty much was the uh, beginning of Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Like, you know, when you enter the, uh, the, the, the clock tower? And you know, everything from the music to the animation was absolutely top-notch, and all of that is um, a, a big part of Kenna. And what's frustrating about the game is that it kind of feels like a PS2, PS3 game caught in next gen and Ah. when i say that i mean like you think of a game like jack 2 for example jack 2 was really solid when it came out but when you think about it now it 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 didn't age particularly well um and that's kind of because they jumped on the gta bandwagon midway through development pretty much yeah like um it's it's a fully open world platforming experience a lot like uh, a lot like what jack 2 was um but the thing is, it didn't copy like the main thing that Grand Theft Auto had, which was the uh, the GPS and like the you know the, the geolocating. So there was no way to really like put in your waypoints. And as beautiful as the world in Kenya is, um, it's extremely frustrating when you know where you where you're supposed to go, but you don't actually know how to get there either because maybe you don't have the ability necessary, like you would in a Metroid or. Um, it's also one of those things where the game's um, beautiful graphics actually 
sort of make it a detriment because there was one point in the game early on where I was lost for about two hours because I didn't realize that I had to shoot two crystals that are like pretty far away from this door that I had to open. And, you know, obviously, you know, thanks to, thanks to accessibility, um, some, sometimes things are extremely obvious. This, this wasn't like there were definitely, there was definitely a peculiar glow about it, but you don't really realize that. And because I was playing the game like before release, it's not like I could ask anybody for help. It's not like I could have gone on, gone on GameFAQs and looked for an FAQ on it, so I was pretty much going in there blind. So that was frustrating. And on top of that, the game is extremely challenging. Um, I was trying to play on normal, but when I got to the game's like really difficult bosses, I just could not handle them at all. Like I knew their movements, but there was nothing that I could personally do with my own gaming skills to really you know, avoid getting hit for tons of damage and stuff like that. So I brought it down to easy baby-ass baby mode. You know, it is what it is. I just wanted to be able to finish the story. And, you know, <clears throat> I hate to say that it's frustrating because of its difficulty, because, like, you know, as a gamer, that's not something you actually want to admit. But the main thing is, you know, you look at a game like Kenna, and, you know, when you look at it, you wouldn't assume that it's hard. You would think that this is a game for kids, especially since she interacts with a lot of, like, kid spirits in the forest and i'm like if i was a four-year-old kid there is no way i'm gonna beat this game and yeah you know that was definitely the case back then with like super nintendo games like you know ghost and goblins and stuff but ghost and goblins wasn't exactly for kids either you know what i mean so it's a little frustrating in that regard um that being said yeah i i brought the difficulty down and it probably made it a little too easy because of that because the hits weren't as hard and um you weren't really punished for making, like, bad mistakes, and that's, you know, um, it, it is what it is there, but um, either way, it was, it, it's definitely a fun game. Uh, I don't know if it'll crack my top ten list, uh, even with the hype I had for it, but um, I really hope this isn't... Uh, I really hope, like, um, the game was successful enough for Ember Labs to continue uh, to, you know, make, uh, continue with the series or make a new game, because... This was definitely an awesome uh, first try. Um, and honestly, like, my complaints, uh, as legit as they are, are also a bit nitpicky. Like, maybe they wanted to have that, but they wanted it to have that old school feel. Um, mm. Maybe they wanted it to, like, be, be the way it was. But, you know, I, I did think that a lot of it was to its detriment. But again, I also had a lot of fun. Um, mm. the, the combat is uh, simple yet difficult. The platforming is solid. Um, I do think the dumps were a little uh, too floaty. But at the end of the day, the polish here was definitely there, and I didn't even see like any like flaws as far as its visual presentation. So, again, a really fun game. Um, I don't have that many hours logged into it, but I also have been playing Hot Wheels Unleashed, and um, you know, kind of like Kenna, you 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 kind of would expect this to be a game for kids, uh, but this is actually probably the best racing game I've played since. Um, since Mario Kart 8. Um, I don't want to put it in like in the same category as Forza or anything like that, but it definitely has a fun feel. Um, it doesn't have like, you know, the, uh, the realistic physics, if you will, as the Hot Wheels DLC from, uh, was that Forza Horizon 3 or 4? I don't remember which one it was, but um, it is similar in that regard. But I also kind of... Uh, Think about this like a combination between Mod Nation Racers and um, Diddy Kong Racing, 
just because the course design is actually really well done. You have zippers here and there. And um, it's similar to Mod Nation Racing as far as, like, you know, being able to want to get, like, every cart or a car available. Like, you know, Hot Wheels are a very collectible item. That's where the loot boxes come in. But it, the, the, the gameplay or the, um, the loop to getting the loot boxes doesn't feel um, assholey, you know, for, for, for lack of a better word. So, yeah, Hot Wheels Unleashed is definitely, like, one of the big surprises of the year. Um, and then shortly before my trip, I also got a code for Astria Ascending. Um, mm-hmm. a turn-based JRPG, uh, kind of like in the vein of the Vanillaware games, where most of the movement and exploration are done via left and right side scrolling. Um, yeah. I don't know how uh, used to it I'll be, but the art, uh, the art design is fantastic, and I'm having fun yeah. with the balance so far. I just don't see myself really finishing this game, uh, primarily because of the game I'm playing right now. I can't talk about it yet. I can talk about it tomorrow, which is a shame. But uh, yeah, I'll be able to talk about it uh, next week. We'll see how it goes. And um, yeah, we're at that point of the year where everything is coming out at the same time. Like, yep. I'm on another trip next week, and that's when Metroid comes out. So that's kind of frustrating. Mm. But yeah. Uh, I'm not saying my body is ready, but my mind is definitely there. I just have a lot of uh, reviews I got to get out of the can. You know what I mean? So, yeah. That's about it. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, let's get to uh, the rest of the show here. We'll talk about October's PlayStation Plus and Games with Gold lineups. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as my window decides to work. <laughs> Why does it need me to restart this? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. For PlayStation Plus, we have three new games here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is taking forever to load. The PS5 game for the month is Hell at Loose, which I believe is sort of a multiplayer first-person shooter. Yep. Uh, that is, uh, I guess, on the more realistic side. Mm-hmm. It's kind of if you if you're if you're familiar with Red Orchestra, it's kind of like that. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at the Steam page here. Yeah, you're fighting in the most iconic battles of the Western Front, mm-hmm. Carentan, Omaha Beach, and Foy, and more. Yep. Yeah, new scale. So you're kind of trying. Let's see, lumbering tanks, crucial supply chains, fueling the front lines. You're cog in the machine of colossal combined arms warfare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nine maps, fifty versus fifty multiplayer. So kind of. One of the biggest shooters we've seen in a while since maybe Meg uh, has all the different classes, officer, scout, machine gunner, medic, engineer, tank, commander, uh, and others as well. So looks pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Here's to check that out. Uh, that'll be starting on October 5th here on mm. Tuesday. Uh, let's see. For the PS4, there's PGA Tour 2K21. Uh, the sort of first of the 2K uh, golf games, mm-hmm. uh, taking on the PGA license, though you do not play as any of the uh, tour pros. Uh, I think you are kind of competing against them in your career mode, mm. uh, but not really so much uh, playing as them. Mm. Uh, just kind of the the weird thing. I've heard okay things about this one. Uh, and the last one here is Mortal Kombat X. Yeah, very good. Uh, fighting game, yeah. I'm surprised it's not eleven. They, mm, you got me. <laughs> they, they wouldn't put that on here as a. Uh, hey, here's the game. Spend money on our microtransactions because that's what they built the game out of. 
Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, so there's that pretty good lineup there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, games with gold. Uh, let's see, starting on October 1st, there's Arrow, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of a like a rhythm racing game mm. to it. Uh, yeah, I've seen this one around for a bit. Uh, yeah, it's it was the description here. Speed through stunning stylized environments, tracing ribbons of light, releasing the energy and the music, yeah, battling strange enemies and fighting epic boss battles driven mm. by an incredible licensed soundtrack. Uh, independent micro studio Madfellows uh, is the one that made the game. Mm-hmm. Music from studio um, from groups like Noisia, Lux Pavilion, KDB, KDB, Prototypes, mm-hmm. Neo Signal, and more. Mm. So if you're into rhythm games, that might be one to check out. Uh, October 16th, there is Hover, mm. uh, which is a, a game that is very much influenced by Jet Set Radio, mm-hmm. Grand Radio. Oh, uh, yeah. But, but more of a bigger environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the bit I've seen of this game a while back kind of made it seem like a very big city. Uh, there's multiplayer as part of this, like online multiplayer, so maybe a bit more like MMO-ish kind of look to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's seems neat what it is. Uh, let's see, for the, the older games, there is on October 1st, Castlevania Harmony of Despair. Mm. That is the multiplayer Castlevania game that came yeah. out for XBLA and PSN. Uh, I don't remember liking that one too much because mm. it's a lot of a lot more loot based and all that, but not necessarily like a continuous thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's a little bit of like Monster Hunter to it, where you're kind of taking on these areas for a run, trying to get the mm. best stuff out of it, uh, that kind of stuff. So you can play up with, with up to six people. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there's that. And the last one here, starting October 16th, is Resident Evil Code Veronica X. Yeah. That's uh, one of the kind of black sheep of the RE series in terms of one that doesn't really get too much attention. Well, uh, that's because the original release was on the Dreamcast. And uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, we know how, how that went. Yeah. And it is a. Game that is very much like a better looking uh, game in the vein of the original games, mm-hmm. but maybe isn't one that uh, does too much uh, gameplay wise to improve things. Mm. And then, you know, Resident Evil 4 came out a few years later and really changed things up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's Code Veronica X. Also mm-hmm. be coming out, so pretty decent month there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Game Pass got a couple of surprise editions. Yeah. Uh, there is Marvel's Avengers. Uh huh. Is available now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume it's off of PlayStation Now at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you can check that out. I think it's crossplay between Xbox and the PC Game Pass versions. Uh, for that, so there's kind of a, a a new version on the the Game Pass store on PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you can check that out and not have to put down any money on it. Yeah. Uh, and luckily, you know, none of the the campaign stuff they've added is 
paid either. So you can check out the new uh, Black Panther expansion mm-hmm. and see some of that new stuff there. Uh, and the other one that got added in the midst of TGS going on is Scarlet Nexus. Yep. Uh, so you can check that out. I just started downloading it earlier today. Yeah. Uh, that is, uh, and they announced a new update here. Mm-hmm. Adds more challenges to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Additional plugins in the shop. New dialogue. As well, mm-hmm. any bond enhancement pack one as Bandai Namco games are want to do is add more DLC of weird tiny things that aren't really, probably not worth it. Mm-hmm. Unless you're super into the game. Yeah. Yeah, Scarlet Nexus is a game that um, I don't know, for some reason people thought would hit uh, Game Pass right away. Um, and, you know, obviously but I do think it'll benefit from this. It's not a live product, so I don't really see much of that DLC meaning much, but it's a really good game. Uh, worth beating twice the same way you know, well, near Automata you want to beat three times, but yeah, it has it has that going for it. It's really a sleeper hit. Yeah. And yeah, let's uh, let's get to this next bit of news. This is also part of TGS News. Uh, mm. They finally gave a date for Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, March 18th, yeah. 2022, and released a new trial that you can check out that is also time-limited like the original, mm-hmm. uh, up until, I think, October 11th here, mm. uh, available now, and has I've seen a few videos of some interesting scenes from it that... Uh, it seem like a game that people are going to play to shit on. Mm. There's like yeah, one scene I, where this one character is just talking about some philosophical thing and then the, the main character, I guess his name is Jack, mm-hmm. is basically like bullshit and walks around, walks uh, away, turns on his phone and starts blasting music from it. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck did I just see? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, I don't even hate the new footage. Um, obviously, when the uh, demo came out during E3, uh, not a whole lot of people got a chance to play it. I know I didn't, but the people that did play it um, liked it. So um, this is a game that I'm uh, definitely going to have my eye on. I wouldn't say I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely try to fit in the demo if there's time. I don't know about this release date, though. I mean... Six months, you release a demo. I don't know if they're even going to try to collect feedback off that if they actually try to intend on hitting this date. I mean, you look at the uh, Nintendo Direct last week when they talked about what changes they made to triangle strategy. And, you know, that makes sense. You can actually take that to heart. With this, I I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, they do have a survey going on alongside this so people can submit their, their grievances and whatnot. Uh, for it, I don't know how much is actually going to change on like the the writing front, uh, but any gameplay things I think they can definitely make work if it's uh, a thing that people are uh, have like actual legit criticism for. So we'll see. I think that goes an extra week after the the demo availability ends. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, let's see, next up here, Battlefield 2042 has an open beta coming up, and they finally confirmed dates for it. Uh, if you mm-hmm. are a part of EA Play or Game Pass Ultimate, you can start playing it on October 6th through the 7th. And if you uh, are not part of any of those services, 
Uh, you can check it out October 8th through the 9th. So a good four-day stretch there, people being able to play uh, the beta there, the open beta. Mm. Uh, and hopefully uh, make sure their servers are doing okay for that launch. It's definitely been an issue in the past for them. So there's that. Looking forward to that in a couple of days here to see what this whole game uh, plays like. Mm. Yeah, I want to see uh, how it's going to differentiate itself from the last Battlefield game. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get to a interesting game coming out pretty soon. Disco Elysium, the final cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew it was coming to Switch here on October 12th. Yeah. Uh, they finally confirmed, uh, Zom, uh, that it is coming out to Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One mm-hmm. as well on October 12th, same day. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out as well. And it seems yeah. like the they also have a $249 collector's edition mm-hmm. for all platforms. That'll be out November 9th. I think the weird thing is there's no regular PS5 version of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only physical version of that is the $250 version. Yeah. I think you have to get the PS4 version, which includes the upgrade for the PS5 version in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want a physical version for PS5. It's a little bit weird, but that's a game people should definitely check out if they have not done so. Yeah, honestly, like, that's been a thing with physical games for the PS5, like, for most of the generation, or if all of it, if even. Like, um, a couple weeks ago, or three weeks ago, you know, during that big day where, like, everything came out from, like, Tales of Arise to Life is Strange and all that, which I forgot to talk about. Like... I was at Walmart looking for all this stuff because I, you know, Walmart actually has new games for 10 bucks cheaper than everybody from everywhere else. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wanted Tales of Arise. I wanted Life is Strange. But uh, certain Walmarts only had the PS5 version. Some only had the PS4 version. I had no idea whether or not they had upgrades. Uh, luckily, Life is Strange did. I don't know about Tales of Arise, but I got the PS5 version of that. And, like, I don't know. I wish the, the, the stock was more consistent with all that stuff because Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, that is uh, as unfortunate. But you know, many ways of getting this, so definitely check it out, regardless. Mm-hmm. For people that are interested in that game, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. Definitely, I will say though, uh, just compared to the PC version, the controls on. Version can be a little finicky since it's still heavily based around clicking. Um, but it's 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 pretty easy to deal with. So yeah, yeah, I played a bit of the the PS5 version. It seemed pretty good for what it is. It's nothing nothing there is too uh, reliant on like split second button presses or anything. Mm-hmm. So you'll generally do fine there. Uh, let's get to a surprise Square Enix game coming out on October 15th. Mm-hmm. It is a dungeon-crawling RPG called Dungeon Encounters. Mm-hmm. Continuing uh, the grand tradition of weird names for games. At least this one is very uh, exact for what it, the game is about. Yeah. Going to dungeons and getting encounters. Mm-hmm. Though it took me a while to realize that was the actual name and not just a game about dungeon encounters, and I couldn't figure out what the name was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, they got some Final Fantasy talent behind this. Yeah, the guy the guy who basically is behind the design of this game is the same. It's also the guy who's sort of the mastermind behind the um, active time battle system that a lot of the later Final Fantasy games embraced. Yeah, uh, Hiro Yuki Ito mm-hmm. is directing this game. He is uh, known as the director of Final Fantasy VI, mm-hmm. IX, and twelve. And the creator of the active time battle system, mm-hmm. uh, which conveniently this game also uses. Uh, producer on this is the producer for uh, Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, Hiroaki mm-hmm. Kato. Uh, so there's that. It is very much a grid-based. It's almost like this, uh, this game is set on you know paper-drawn maps of just grids from what the screenshots yeah. look like. And the battle system just goes into like portraits of uh, enemies in your party doing things. So very kind of low key uh, production values on this this game here. Uh, but the battle system uses active time battle, mm-hmm. as I mentioned here. So uh, at least it seems like the it'll be a very traditional battle system mm. for it. Uh, looks pretty neat. That's out the fifteenth. Yeah, next Friday. So might be one to check out. I assume it's not going to be a very expensive game. No, it's got a very minimalist interface. Yeah, it's it's not one that seems to be pushing things too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they mentioned there's going to be yeah, discounts for uh, pre-ordering the game or buying it around launch. Yep. Yeah, it's a thirty dollar game, so you get about twenty percent off. Mm-hmm. That's about twenty four bucks mm-hmm. for launch. So that goes on until about the end of the month. So you got plenty of time to check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, Echo Generation is coming out the week after that, October twenty first. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a uh, JRPG inspired game, very much mm-hmm. maybe Earthbound styled. Yeah. Uh, instead of that art style, it's more of a voxel art style. Mm-hmm. As you're in, like a little bit of the the story is probably a little bit of mix of like Earthbound and like Stranger Things kind of thing that's going on mm-hmm. here. There's weird shit going on. Uh, you oh, gather your yeah. group of buddies and maybe other people in the town or whatever uh, to go out and fight uh, animals and people and other stuff as you try to figure out what's going on. It's also mm-hmm. set in the summer of 1993. Yeah. Uh, uh, near the end of the summer. So you're trying to find the conspiracy of what's going on here and save the mm-hmm. world. That kind of thing. Uh, I think it'll also be on, it's on Xbox, PC, and it'll be on Game Pass as well. Mm-hmm. It probably has a pretty good name, Coco Cucumber. Mm-hmm. So there's that. That's, uh, that's one to check out. I played the demo when it... They had that on the Xbox, and that seemed pretty neat. Uh, so looking forward to that one. Mm. And coming out the week after that, on October 28th, is Black Widow Recharged, mm-hmm. another Atari sort of remake of uh, one of their classic games. This one, the original Atari version, was kind of an early dual-stick shooter. Yeah, uh, actually, it's considered to be the first dual-stick shooter. Yeah, where you kind of uh, control a spider on the spider web. Uh, and various insects are coming into play 
as you try to take them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, webs on them, to lock them in place, eat them, whatever, get your points up high, and now they're kind of uh, redoing this for uh, widescreen, sort of like they just did for uh, what was that? Centipede, I think it was. It just came out, so uh, there is that. Uh, it'll be out, yeah, in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the score, original score is done by Megan McDuffie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it'll be out on everything. PS5, PS4, Xbox uh, Series X and S, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Steam and Epic Game Store, all that, so you can check out as they continue to kind of pump these out here. I think it's also available on the, the Atari VCS. Mm-hmm. If you're one of like the eight people that own that thing. But they're smart not putting their games exclusively on that, so I think it makes some money off the other people. But yeah, let's uh let's get to this next game here. Uh the devs behind Sonic Mania. Uh so that same team. I think it was a team that was formed up after Sonic Mania was finished. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of the people, Evening Star. Yeah, that worked on that studio. Uh, Christian Whitehead is the uh, the creative director on their next game, which they're teasing slowly as like a 3D platformer, original mm-hmm. property, not based on anything classic wise. Uh, seems like uh, not great news that Sega didn't swoop and get them on uh, a deal to make another Sonic game. Yeah, uh, but they're lost because they're making something new. Mm. And has the potential to be pretty cool. Who knows? Mm. Seems like they're still hiring for some stuff, so it's probably not going to be available just yet. Mm-hmm. They're also looking for a publisher as well, so something to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, you know, they did a great job with Sonic Mania. Uh, 3D platformer is a totally different beast, uh, primarily because like they're so. You know, they're so, like, I don't want, I don't know if the word is obscure, but, like, they're so plentiful in the ways that you can do them. I mean, like, you look at Mario as an example. You know, you have the games like uh, Super Mario Odyssey, and you have something like Super Mario 3D World. Like, these are both 3D platformers, but they also play very differently. So, I'd be interested in seeing, like, what path they go with these. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun to see whenever they are ready to show that game off. Uh, but speaking of showing stuff off, Bandai Namco has had kind of the same logo for uh, quite a while since maybe around when they merged around 2005. Uh, mm-hmm. They decided to do a new one, and uh, it doesn't seem very good. It seems pretty generic looking. Uh, so their classic logo is kind of the the splotches of uh, red and yellow and orange on it, the, the logo there. As you can see, they've turned it to where it's just kind of a uh, the name in black text with like a pink kind of a dialogue bubble around it with a a little phrase "fun for all into the future" mm-hmm. under it in some instances. Which sure, yeah. yeah, it's weird. I mean, companies are always trying to you know rebrand themselves to like make themselves look cooler and stuff like that. But there's nothing particularly cool about this branding uh then again i don't think the last logo was like really much to talk about either so i don't know when i look at this it just screams t-mobile to me just because of the pink black and white uh but if anything you know seeing it in a horizontal type makes it uh more obvious that it's bandai namco to me because i've always called them like you know namco bandai sometimes i even call them namkai bando so uh 
Yeah, that should definitely make it easier yeah. for me. <laughs> oh yeah, they uh, they say the new logo speech bubble motif Pukidashi in Japanese mm-hmm. expresses the potential of the brand to connect with people around the world, inspire them with amazing ideas. Speech bubble also represents Japan's manga culture, has become so popular everywhere. The logo stands for our determination to communicate with fans worldwide, to connect with our fans, and to create entertainment unique to Bandai Namco. The magenta used as the motif color not only represents diversity, but also creates a bright and fun impression and is easy to reproduce. Mm-hmm. Which is a very uh, weird phrase that mm-hmm. obviously comes from some sort of marketing company. Yeah, it's a very Japanese marketing company. And especially when like, oh, reminiscent of manga. It's like, you guys are known for anime games. Mm-hmm. Like a fucking weird anime shit. That would go over even better, but I guess this this new logo will start going into use around April 2022, so you're not going to even see it for mm. a while still. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it just seems like a, a logo for a new streaming service mm-hmm, or something. Pretty much, as the last one at least stood out amongst other mm-hmm. companies. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, that is that. But uh, let's get to some acquisitions here. This is one that's been rumored for a while, but has been finally confirmed. PlayStation has acquired Bluepoint Studios, Mm -hmm. uh, the developers of a number of highly acclaimed remakes and uh, remasters. You know, they did Demon's Souls for the PS5 launch, Mm -hmm. Shadow of the Colossus last generation. Mm -hmm. Uh, They did the Uncharted collection, the Metal Gear Solid collection, uh, the Eco and Shadow of the Colossus collection on PS3 and Quite a few others definitely put themselves in the uh, top tier of studios you would want to hire to do uh, good work on your old games. Mm-hmm. Uh, though in their statement, they seem to hint that they are working on something new, brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a uh, remake or remaster of some other series, which would be neat to see. They don't want yeah. to work on, you know, upgrading the Demon Souls and Shadow of the Colossus and employing a lot of that work to something original. Would be pretty neat to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, definitely definitely uh, neat to see. Um, obviously, like you know, Blue Point has done fantastic work with uh, the various remakes we've seen on PlayStation platforms over the years, and they obviously do fantastic work. Um, thinking of them doing something totally original is definitely interesting. And, you know, considering the track record, I, I definitely, you know, look forward to what's next. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go ahead and guess, like, what's coming, but I'm, I'm definitely looking yeah, forward I'm to it. Yeah, I'm sure the next game's going to feature a guy trying to be the bad person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when they're ready to show something. Yeah. As if they've probably been starting work on that for a while. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, let's, uh, let's get to the other acquisition. That was kind of the surprise. Uh, Netflix acquired Night School Studio, makers mm-hmm. of Oxen Free and After Party. Yep. Uh, who are still continuing to work on Oxen Free 2, Lost Signals. They said mm. nothing's changing on that front. Uh, I assume that part of this is that they're going to work on probably some of the uh, games related to Netflix properties. Yeah. Uh, be one of those studios as well as probably adapting. Maybe Oxen Free or After Party into a Netflix series. 
kind of thing. Well, they um, definitely got a bunch of stuff to choose from, so yeah. 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 Um, I don't really care much about the Oxenfree developers as, like, I mean, I, I never really care for the games, so um, I wouldn't say this really moves the needle for me. Uh, but considering Netflix is trying to make their foray into gaming, uh, this is this seems like a necessary yeah. move. Um, I wouldn't again. I also wouldn't say this moves the needle as far as like you know what we can see here. Uh, but it's diff- It's it's interesting in the sense that we know that they're good at making mm-hmm. a certain kind of game. I just don't know if this is the audience that Netflix really wants to hit. But again, it's it it seems all experimental. We don't really know what Netflix is trying to do. So. Uh, I guess look forward to it. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, seems like for the time being, they're just helping them finish up Oxen Free Two. Uh, for whenever that is supposed to be out, I forget what that is. Uh, but yeah, that is the that is that news. Let's see. Let's get to uh, the next bit here of studios dealing with uh, harassment and the policies to help. Uh, Shield it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bungie has announced that they are getting rid of mandatory arbitration clauses from their developer contracts. Good. Uh, which is a very good move. As they say here, we will be eliminating the mandatory arbitration clause in all our, our uh, employee agreements, given the growing concern that arbitration may not be the fairest way to resolve employment complaints. Uh, they had a big blog post about uh, all the various things they're doing right mm-hmm. now to kind of foster a more diverse and inclusive workplace. Yeah. Uh, some of those include hiring a chief people officer, director of diversity and inclusion, reviewing the mm-hmm. recruitment and application process for bias, and adding a third-party anonymous reporting tool through which employees can voice concerns. Mm-hmm. So sort of taking a good step forward to Getting rid of things that tend to often scare people into not speaking up. Exactly. When issues arise. Mm-hmm. Uh, as that, like, forced uh, uh, mandatory arbitration thing has been put into almost every sort of uh, clause to protect corporations. Uh, yeah. Over any way that people could try to get some sort of fair uh, response out of companies. Mm-hmm. And, it's especially not great for employment contracts. So yeah, that's right. that is the the nice thing that's happening this week. Yeah. Now on to the shit that's happening. Yeah, there's Activision Blizzard, who has settled with the EEOC, yeah. the uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Yeah. That's. I don't think it was really all that public that that was even a lawsuit investigation that's going on. But we found out that they have at least had a preliminary agreement on a settlement for $18 million, which is a pittance, but it's one of several that are going on right now. So Mm -hmm. uh, this one creates an $18 million fund to compensate and make amends to eligible claimants Mm -hmm. uh, in the past uh, for former employees, I believe, but it, I think it only lasts uh, or counts from 2016 to now. Mm -hmm. So it's not exactly a a large group of people that would be able to uh, make claims on this stuff. Uh, Any amounts not used for claimants will Mm -hmm. be divided between charities that advance women in the video game industry or promote awareness around 
harassment and gender equality issues, as well as company diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives as approved by the EEOC. And the agreement mm-hmm. is subject to court approval still. Yeah, Bobby Kotick put out his own statement, trying to say there's no place anywhere at our company for discrimination, harassment, or unequal treatment of any kind. Yeah. I'm grateful to the employees who bravely shared their experiences. I'm sorry that anyone had to experience inappropriate conduct, and I remain unwavering in my commitment to make Activision Blizzard one of the world's most inclusive, respected, and respectful workplaces. Yeah, that's a load of bullshit, and we know it. Especially because this fund is barely over 10% of the like bonuses he's received for, or he mm-hmm. will be receiving for this year. That is uh, you know, an amount of money that doesn't really move the needle at all for anything. doesn't show anything, but I don't know if the EEOC lawsuit was really seeking a huge amount of money for a fund like mm-hmm. that uh, compared to what the uh, the one directly from employees as well as uh, the SEC would be. So yeah. who knows? But that's at least a somewhat good thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the best thing, but I have to see how these others shake out. But it seems like oh, the, yeah. the act of a company that wants these things to go away as fast mm-hmm. as possible. Yeah, I mean, there's really no other way to analyze it. The fact that, you know, you got to acknowledge that this, yeah. is, this is hush money. Uh Kodak and Activision, they're, they're, they're not doing anything to solve the problem at all. All they're mm-hmm. doing is trying to make the problem go away. And if they do that in the, you know, in the cheapest means possible, like, the, this 18, what was it, $18 million? This nope. ain't shit. This is nothing. Like, they, they, they make that on mm-hmm. a week with, with, with Call of Duty. You know, maybe not, not those exact numbers, but this is peanuts. And, you know, the, 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 the statement that Kodak made about, oh, yeah, like, you know, uh, we we will continue to work on resolving all these issues, dude. They, they, they were happening like mm-hmm. with you there. You might even be part of the problem. So, you know, every time we have an update with what's going on here, it just pisses me off even more, and it's really unfortunate. You know, obviously we have to give this a time of day in order to do our part, like with you know, um, helping improve the industry as far as our analysis goes. But yeah, like they're in 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 my opinion, and I'm sure it's the opinion of like just about everybody else. You're you're really not going to see any movement yeah. here unless Kodak himself quits. Yeah. So that is the Activision Blizzard news for the week. Mm-hmm. Not much, but something at least that is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get to our last story here. One that is pretty cool. Uh, there is a I think it's a group called Dagger System. D A G E R System. Mm-hmm. That has created a website called Accessible Games Database. Yep, that's that's the URL as well. So you know, not the most uh, brief use URL you could go for this, but yeah, <laughs> uh, it offers up a pretty sizable, at least you know, starting database of games and can let you know. Sort of what sort of uh, accessibility options they have. Mm-hmm. You know, click on Anthem here. Mentions things like, oh, internet connection required, multiplayer only. Well, that's not technically true, but uh has like tutorials, interactive uh, tutorials, text as well. 
So, you know, people with maybe visual uh, issues can learn like what's going on, like colorblind options, visual options, auditory stuff, whether it's, you know, subtitles, maybe size stuff for that. You know, how it works for people with fine motor control issues, that kind of stuff. So you can go through and click on the various sort of things you're interested in seeing uh, and learning more, uh, what games may be, allow that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's pretty neat. Yeah, and um, I mean, as the game industry continues to grow, they're going to have to take accessibility into account. And a lot of the you know, some of the big AAA ones are already doing that. Like, you know, we saw with uh, Last of Us Part Two how they put in, like, colorblind mode and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah, that is, uh, that is something worth checking out and seeing, you know, if there are things about accessibility in games. And they have a pretty wide range of what those mm-hmm. are, whether it's, like, the ability to save anywhere or... You know, requiring uh, uh, online connections or having skippable tutorials, mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of things. You can sort of take a look at that, see maybe there's, you know, one thing that particularly uh, annoys you when a game doesn't have it. And you can see if it's on here and see what games maybe do support that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely worth uh, checking out and. Seeing how the site grows. Oh yeah. So yeah, that is uh that is that. Uh mm-hmm. and then we'll end things for this week. That is yep. our slate of news. Uh mm-hmm. thank you to Brandon Danner for joining this week. Always. Uh we will be back next week. Uh we will have yeah, we'll be able to talk about the Switch OLED. So we'll be mm-hmm. out on Friday. Yeah, uh, we will. I got an actual email from Best Buy that Amazon would never do to say like, "Hey, you've got this pre-order coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. Make sure your, you know, payments and all this is correct." Yeah. Uh, so maybe that the day comes, and you're not like, "What? I didn't realize I had this on, and now your pre-order is no longer happening at launch like you were expecting because a certain company does not give a shit." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so thankful for that. I mean, there was a time a few years back when uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield came out, and it was actually through Best Buy, and they didn't actually send that email. And what happened was uh, the card I had on file was a card that I had replaced. (laughs) So I was pretty much screwed out of that, and that was a special edition version. I was like, well, fuck. I'm I'm, I'm glad Best Buy does that now. That that was a nice thing to see. It's like, oh, that's actually nice. Uh, Then people know that maybe they should double-check things because... Time doesn't mean anything anymore. Nope. Uh, it is uh, easy to lose track. Yeah, I, I, I had no idea the Switch OLED was coming out next mm. week until like I got that yeah. email. So yeah, so I'll be hopefully getting to pick that up. I still have no idea if they're doing like a midnight thing or you pick a set time to come by and uh, pick it up. Uh, but I'm off uh, that weekend, so I can do either one. Mm-hmm. I just have to make sure I wake up on time. Mm-hmm. I would love if they did a uh, midnight thing because I'm going to Cincinnati yeah. on Friday morning at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I can actually go to Walmart. Uh, I did that for the Switch launch, which was in March in Ohio. 
where it started snowing and was below freezing. So yep. I was like, oh, I'm not going to get there an hour early because fuck standing in line for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got there like 10 minutes early, got in line, and was not far behind of anybody else. Mm-hmm. Went through all their weird, weird nice. setup for lines for like people that had different things. They were pretty yeah. well prepared to have uh, amiibos and controllers and games and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty well accessible. So yeah, that is uh, that's going to be one of the things happening next week. But we'll have more stuff to talk about uh, by then uh, as we sort of head fast and quick into this holiday season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halloween is not too far from here, and I've already seen Christmas stuff up for sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw that in September, so that's the hellhole that we live in now. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell what time of year it is because you get three months' worth of uh, holidays on sale at the same time in the store. So, yeah. You know, uh, but hey, that's how it goes. But thank you, everybody, for listening uh if you enjoy the show feel free to let your friends and family know as well as your enemies uh because mm-hmm. they may not like you like we do no. uh but we may like them and that's mm-hmm. a win either way yeah we both maybe bond over the show yeah and come to be uh i don't know friends like goku and vegeta or you can continue to just hate each other but we get to new so, I mean, listeners. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you, everybody. We will be back next time. Have a good one, and we'll see you guys again later.